Our message today from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 20. Third time we're getting a message out of this chapter. This one, Sabbath sign, starting in verse 6. A little bit of review. I raised my hand in an oath to them to bring them out of the land of Egypt into the land that, had, that I had searched out for them, flowing with milk and honey, the glory of all lands. And so the Lord describes Israel as the glory of all lands. That's his description, that he had searched it out for us. He planned it out. He searched it out and he picked that spot, the glory of all lands, to give for his people, for his capital, for his glory to reside there, his Shekinah glory. And he brought us out of the land of Egypt by his mighty hand, by his powerful hand. And in another sermon, we got into the fulfillment of the various fulfillments of that uh, prophecy, and that is available on shalomadventure.com. Uh, then continuing in verse 10, I made them go out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. And that phrase, which if a man does, he shall live by them, is several times in this chapter and several times in the Bible. And so we did a whole sermon on that as well, uh, also available on shalomadventure.com. Um, so in here in context, he's taken us out of Egypt, he's brought us into the wilderness, and given us his judgments, which if we do, we shall live by them. Verse 12, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. And this is a really beautiful verse. He's given us his Sabbaths as a sign between them and me. That the God of the universe, the God of the Bible, that he invites us to come close to him, and he's placed the Sabbath there as a sign between us and him, that he wants a covenant to be there between us and him, that he wants a bond to take place between us and him. He draws close to us, and he's given us this time, really the Sabbath is, is in essence a time frame, that God gives us a time to spend together with him, that he designated a time to be there for him and us to come together. What a beautiful picture of God. I don't think there's any other God that has painted that way down through the ages, and there have been many gods in many cultures and many nations. Uh, Buddhism today is a very big, well, ancient uh, religion, and it's got... Uh, followers in, in the millions, <clears throat> and it doesn't believe in God at all. It's really not a religion, it's an atheistic uh, philosophy, but not really, there's no God at all. Um, and so you don't have this personal God. And then the Hindus also, followers in the millions. And they got so many gods, 303,000 gods or something like that. And uh, not a personal connection, not a God that wants to spend time with them, that has a bond with them, that's created a bond, that's created a sign to demonstrate this bond, this, this covenant together. But our God wants to be with us and wants to spend time with us and has created for us a space for us to be together with him and to demonstrate it as a sign, as a, as, a, as a plaque on a wall of his love for us. What a loving God. 
our God, the creator God, the God of the universe. That he wants to be with us. And that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. He's given us the Sabbath as a sign, the Sabbath as a sign. In context here, the Sabbaths can refer to the seventh day Sabbath, 52 of them that we get in a year, as well as the ceremonial Sabbaths that are in the, in the Jewish calendar, in the Bible. Um, we'll see here in a moment, I think, more specifically, it's referring to the seventh-day Sabbath than to the, to the other Sabbaths, the, the festival Sabbaths, the holy day Sabbaths, that are in the scriptures as well. And we'll see that here in a minute. But he's given us these Sabbaths to be a sign that he is the Lord who sanctifies us. That word sanctify, it's a, it's a religious word. We don't use it that much in our everyday uh, conversations. But it has to do with being set apart. Being set apart in particular for holy use. So the Sabbath is a sign that the Lord is the one who sanctifies us. The Lord is the one who has, is making us holy. The Lord is the one who has called us unto himself. That we are not able to set ourselves apart for holy use. It's not something that we do. It's something that God does. And the Sabbath is a sign of that. The, the Sabbath is a, a demonstration that he is all-powerful, that he is all-loving, and that he is able to work in our lives so much so that he is able to separate us from the world and to dedicate him, us unto himself by his power and by his grace, and that he is able to transform our lives in such a way that we become holy for his purpose. Very powerful thought. Sanctification is a continuing process. Justification is the other term that often goes along with that. Justification describes God's forgiveness in our life. That God has justified us, that he has counted us just right. And we use that term in, 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 in printing, in publications, justifying columns, making them straight. Uh, and so that is God's work as well. Through the work of the Messiah, that he has justified us, that he has made us straight, that he has forgiven us that he's washed away our sins and he's made our record right with him. But then the second part of that is the sanctification part, which not only are we legally right with him because of his work in our behalf, in forgiving us and cleansing us, but then the second part is the sanctification part, which he does with us and through us, with our permission, and through us in making us actually holy and just. So the first part, the justification, he did that without our permission. Before we were ever born, God, the Messiah, uh, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, he did that in our behalf. And the second part, the sanctification, is his work in us, bringing us back into his image on a continual basis, step by step, day by day, growing in his love. And the Sabbath is a sign of that that he is sanctifying us, that he is growing us into his image, that he is changing us from our natural carnal state that's against him to a state that loves him and follows him and serves him and wants to spend time with him as well. And so Sabbath is a sign of that. In verse 13, Yet the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness, they did not walk in my statutes. They despised my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. 
and they greatly defiled my Sabbaths. And so here it's specifically referring to in the wilderness. He called us out of the wilderness. He promised with an oath with his hand raised up that he was going to take us into the promised land, the glorious land, more glorious than all the others. And then he brought us out into the wilderness and we defiled his Sabbaths in the wilderness. Now, while we were in the wilderness, the 40 years in the wilderness, the holy days, the feast days, really weren't in practice yet. They weren't meant to be in practice yet. Most of them had to do with the harvests. Right? You had the, we have the Passover, and the Bible tells us they didn't observe the Passovers while we were in the wilderness. The first Passover was when we finally entered into the, the land of Canaan, just outside Jericho. We celebrated the Passover there. So it was almost exactly 40 years from when he took us out of Egypt that he brought us into the, the promised land, the glorious land, the land of Israel. And then the wave sheath offering, well, during the wilderness, we were, there was no wave sheath offering. There was no, there was no wave sheath. There was no, there was no grain. There was no harvest yet. We were in the wilderness, uh, just rocks and sand. And then the Feast of Unleavened Bread, well, we didn't have any bread. <laughs> we had manna. So there was no leaven, there was no bread in the wilderness, so that uh, holy day did not apply. And then uh, we go 50 days after that to Shavuos, and Shavuos was a harvest feast. We, we brought our tithes of our wheat and our barley. Well, there was no wheat and there was no barley in the wilderness, so that also wasn't until we entered into the promised land. And then we go to Sukkot, also a harvest at the end in the fall. Also a harvest feast, bringing in the, the fall crops. So again, there were no crops. So, so the, 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 the festival Sabbaths did not apply in the wilderness, yet he's saying we defiled the Sabbaths in the wilderness as well. So I think in context, he's talking about the 52 Sabbaths of a year that he had given to us and blessed us with to observe. Verse 19. I am the Lord your God, walk in my statutes, keep my judgments, and do them. Hallow my Sabbaths, and they will be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. So similarly as he said in the other verse, he will use the Sabbath as a sign that he is the Lord our God. A sign between us and him, a special sign a special identification, a special mark. In Revelation, the beast has a mark that identifies his followers. And God has a mark, or God has a sign, or God has a symbol that identifies him and his followers, a sign between us and him that we follow him, that we are surrendered to him. And God's mark, God's sign, God's symbol is his Sabbath. And the beast is basically just the opposite. That's a whole topic in itself that we don't have time to get into tonight. Uh, but it's the opposite. It's the counterfeit of God's sign. And so God here says very clearly, very plainly, that the, his Sabbath will be a sign between us and him of that bond again that he wants us to have with him, that closeness that he wants to have with him. And that's beautiful. And it's a beautiful sign that we spend time with him, that we know we are his because he wants to be with us. And he set aside that time. And in our American culture, we like setting aside times, birthdays, anniversaries, 
They even have these national things, of Mother's Day, Father's Day, so there's a designated time in case uh, the children are, are not honoring their parents, that they don't even remember their parents at all, hardly, that we have to designate a day in the year so that the kids know and, and so that the stores can make some money and, and uh, that uh, we designate this time to remind them. But the Bible already reminds us in the Ten Commandments. And so God has set aside a time so that we can be together with him. And the Sabbath is God's sign of that. And right in the middle of the word Sabbath, or Shabbat, is the word Abba. In English, anyway, when you translate it into English. And so in English, God's Father's Day, God's Abba Day, is the Sabbath. Well, Heavenly Father's Day. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So not only is it a Sabbath for us, it's a Sabbath for God. God takes us all the way back to creation, all the way back to the very beginning. And he blessed the seventh day. And there's no other day, no other holiday day, holy day, feast day, or any other day in the Bible that God describes as him blessing and sanctifying and making holy. But this day, he set it apart. He could have created the earth in six days and then just gone on with the next week. But he rested on that seventh day and made it a part of the, con of the creation day. And the Sabbath is a reminder that he is the creator and that he rested on that day. And that he blessed that day and he sanctified that day. And just as it said in Ezekiel that the Sabbath is a sign that he is sanctifying us, he says the day is something that he sanctified in itself. He set it apart. He set it apart for a special use, a holy use. And so the day is holy, the day is sanctified, and he is sanctifying us. And that's is a, the Sabbath is a sign of that sanctification process taking place in our lives. He blessed that day, special day, unto the Lord. In the Ten Commandments itself, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Again, it's his day. It's the Sabbath of the Lord your God. It's his day. It's his holy day. And he shares it with us. It's the Sabbath of the Lord our God. That day, that seventh day. To remember it, keep it holy. Hallowed, set apart. And six days we shall labor. Some people say, well, I rest every day of the week. Well, if you rest every day of the week, you're not holy, you're lazy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath for us to enter into rest with him. For in six days the Lord made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So he hallowed it, he blessed it, he sanctified it, he set it apart for himself as his day, as his identification and a gift to us to share with us.
for us to spend with him. What a wonderful God we have that loves us that much. The deist, the deist, uh, if you're not familiar with what a deist is, the United States had many deists in the beginning. Some of the founding fathers were deists. Benjamin Franklin was a deist. Uh, Thomas Jefferson was a deist and, and several others. And a deist is someone who believed in God, wasn't an atheist, they believed in God, believed that God created the earth and kind of just kicked it off into space, created it, and he went on, he had some other business to do, and he left it for us to just take care of it and for it to just go on on its own and for it all just to function, and now it's our work to do whatever. Not really believing in the revelation of the Bible. It was man-made stuff, and they even manipulated it and changed it at times. So they believed in God, but they didn't believe in a personal God. The Bible describes a personal God who wants to be with us, not just a long time ago in the past, but who is with us today, on a daily basis and in our weekly basis. Our God spends time with us. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 8, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now, if Yeshua felt that the Sabbath was not needed anymore and was going to be done away pretty soon, why would he declare that he is the Lord even of the Sabbath? And then have that taken away or changed? Well, then he's not Lord of it. That's <laughs> like if you, you, know, you have a castle and he's the Lord of the castle, and someone takes the castle away, then you're not the Lord of it anymore. You're nothing. So if he takes the Sabbath away or he changes the Sabbath or does away with it or changes it to a different day, then he took away his lordship over it. But he himself declared that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was whose? Did we read in the Ten Commandments? The Sabbath of the Lord your God. So he's claiming it for himself. And there's some that teach an evolutionary theists that try and mesh the Bible with evolution. They say, well, the first couple chapters of the Bible, Moses was just being poetic and, and just describing something he didn't know and couldn't figure out. And, but it's not literal six days that God created the earth and the seventh day resting. Just some symbolic and some spiritual application. Well, if that is wrong, then, then the Ten Commandments are wrong because that was pretty specific there, describing it just like it was in Genesis. And if it was wrong there, then Ezekiel was wrong, and then this is wrong. And there are many parts in the Bible that are just wrong. And you might as well be a deist then. But the scriptures are true all the way throughout. God is the creator. And evolution tries to get us away and forget that God created us. It tries to get us to think that we just came out of the dust or out of the mud and just by chance, by happenstance, by an impossibility of coming together of things, minerals and chemicals. Well, where did those minerals and chemicals come from to come together? How come we don't see them coming together anymore in new forms out of nowhere? But God's hand created us specifically. 
and purposefully. And you can have a warehouse of stuff, uh, auto parts warehouse, and you can leave it there forever, and a car will never drive out of there on its own. <laughs> you can put a bomb inside and blow the thing up and have a big bang, and a car will never be produced from all those auto parts. You can fill a warehouse or a stadium full of the parts to make mouse traps. Wait, three parts, a spring, a slapper, a piece of wood? You can fill it with that. Simple thing. Forget about a complicated car. Simple thing. And you can leave it there forever, and a mouse trap will never be built on its own. And again, you can explode that thing, you can drop a nuclear bomb on the site, and a mousetrap is not going to appear on its own out of that. And yet the complexity of this world, with all the different colors, with all the different flavors and all the different smells, which came first, the smell or the noses to be able to smell the smells? What would be the purpose of having a thing smell if nothing can smell it. That doesn't meet the evolutionary picture. But all of it's created together. The scents and the noses. Colors in the eyes. The various sounds. And the ears. All together, created together. And the creation points us to that and reminds us of that. And the Sabbath is a weekly reminder that the Lord is God. That he created it all by his might, by his power, by his word. And that same word is powerful still today. And that same word is able to recreate in me a clean heart. And it's able to create out of the dust of this earth, me. Change me. Create a new me. Create God living in me through the Holy Spirit. That same creative power is able to work in us and through us. For God's glory to be revealed again. The Sabbath is that reminder of that. We eliminate that Sabbath, we eliminate that, we throw that away, and we've forgotten God's power to create in beauty, in diversity, and yet in harmony, all working together. Mammals breathing in oxygen, breathing out carbon dioxide, plants breathing in carbon dioxide, breathing out oxygen. All the diversity, but yet working together, harmoniously together. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. How water interacts with the earth and with the plants and with the living creatures, both in the sea and in the land. Absolutely amazing. So complex. The creative God who loves us, and the crowning act of a Sabbath as a sign that he is with us and wants to be with us and to be close with us. That he molded Adam out of the dust of the earth, got down on his knees, left heaven, came here, and personally did it himself, didn't charge an angel to do it, didn't let it just happen on its own, but created Adam and created Eve, knelt down and kissed Adam, 
breathed into him. God wants to be close to us. God wants to touch us. God wants to be close in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives. He wants to walk with us, hold us by the hand, and minister to us. That's the God of the Scriptures. And the Sabbath is a sign of that. It's a sign of God's creative power and His love for us and His touch in our life. And He's still touching us today. He's still coming down to be with us today. He still wants to be close with us now and here. Mark chapter 2, verse 27. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath wasn't created on the sixth day. And then God go, boy, I've got this day to rest. I've got no one to spend the day with. What am I going to do? Let me see. I'll make, some, I'll make a, an Adam and I'll make an Eve so that I have someone to spend the day with. He didn't create the Sabbath and go, oh, I need something to create for it. He didn't create us for the Sabbath. The Sabbath wasn't more important than us. He created us on the sixth day. And he said, what can I give to this couple? What can I give to humanity? What would be the best gift I can give to them? What do they need the most? What will be my wedding gift to them? What will be their first full day of life? I created them sometime in the sixth day, but the first full day that they spend on this earth, what can I give them as a birthday gift? As a marriage wedding gift? What can I give them? What can I create for them? He loves us. And the best thing he could give us was the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. The Sabbath was made for us. What a beautiful God. He wants to spend time with us. He touches us, comes close to us, spends time with us, gives us a gift, and says this is my sign that I love you. This is my sign between you and me that we're connected together. What a beautiful God we have. What a loving God we have. Who rested on the seventh day. Why did God rest on the seventh day? Because he was tired? Because he didn't have anything else to do? Because there was no other planet he could be creating? No other place he could be ministering to? No other charges he can be giving to the angels? Because he wanted to spend the day with us. He didn't need to spend it with the earth. He didn't need to spend it with the sea. He didn't need to spend it with the animals in the sea. He didn't need to spend it with the grass and the trees. He didn't need to spend it with any of the other mammals. But he created man on the sixth day, and he says, I want to spend time with them. I want to come down, and I want to walk with them. And I'm going to create a space and a place and a time where we can spend together. 
and he created the Sabbath for us. And we say, no, thank you, I'm busy. I got more important things to do than to be with you. I got this wash to do and lawn to cut and this thing to fix. There's money to earn. I don't have time for you. And we defile his Sabbath. No thank you for that gift. Hand-woven gift. Handmade. Personalized. With our name printed on it. Sign. Identification. You're mine. No thanks. I got other gods that I'm going to spend some time with today. We defile his Sabbath. That's sad. Too often the truth. Must break his heart. God has a holy land. You can come to the holy land with us, sign up for our trip next year. But right now we're going to take a little trip to the holy land, which we read in Ezekiel, God described as the most glorious land. So let's take a little trip to the holy land. Now in the holy land, God has a holy city. Jerusalem. They said he'd place his name there forever. That his Shekinah glory resides there. In the holy land, the holy city. And inside the holy city was the holy temple. Placed there in Jerusalem on the temple mount. Where the sacrifices would be offered. To remind us of the forgiveness of sins that when we defiled his Sabbath, we can receive forgiveness, we can receive justification because the Messiah would come to that holy land and that holy temple. And in that city, in that holy land, he would be sacrificed for us, that he would die for us. Forgiving us of our sins and washing us clean and removing the past and blotting it out and restarting us anew. Sacrifices in the temple, all pointing forward to the Messiah the holy land and the holy city in the holy temple and inside the holy temple is the holy place and in the holy place is the menorah the burning bright and the table of showbread and the altar of incense and in the heart of the holy place is the most holy place and inside the most holy place is God's holy ark. Where is Shekinah glory over it, with the heavenly angels on top of it, looking down upon it, covered in gold. God's holy land, in his holy city, in his holy temple, in the holy place, in the most holy place, in the holy ark, is his holy commandment his holy law that he wrote on stone with his own finger written in stone 
And in the heart of that holy law is his holy Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. You shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your servants. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them is, and rested the seventh day, and the Lord blessed and made holy the Sabbath day. God's day holy to us, given to us, to be remembered, to be kept, to be enjoyed. God's Sabbath is not burdensome. It tells us to rest. So people say, oh, that's works. Well, how can it be works when he told us to rest? His laws are not burdensome. But oh, how I delight to do your will, oh my God. Your law is within my heart. Rejoicing. God's law, God's Sabbath is a time of rejoicing. We say, Oneg Shabbat, the time of delight, the delight of the Sabbath. Sabbath is a delight. We come together to God, fellowship with him, spend time with him, rejoice in him. God's holy Sabbath day, a sign upon us. Shabbat, just do it. Barbara and I were up in the Catskills one time, area, Hasidic area, a lot of Hasidic Jews there, uh, in what was called the Borscht Belt. And uh, we were driving along, and there was a man broke down, the hood of his car was up, and we pulled over to see if we could help him out. And wearing his, in the summertime, he's wearing his black stuff, his black outfit, the Hasidic outfit, black hat and everything, hot and sweating. And we went out and see if we can help him out. Jumped his car and and uh, he told us. He said to us, "You know, God's laws—they're hard, but you just got to do them. Just got to do them." Well, God's laws are not hard. They're hard. They're impossible if we try and do them in our own strength. We try and do them in our own ability. It won't be a joyful time. It'll be a grudging time. If we're keeping the Sabbath and wishing we weren't. We're trying to keep the Sabbath and we're thinking about all the things we need to do and, and wishing we could be doing them. Then that's not a joy. It's not a time with God. Anymore if you're with something and you're thinking about all the other people you were with. You might be physically with them, but you're not with them. You're not listening to the conversation. God sanctifies us. The Sabbath is a sign that he sanctifies us. When we're truly keeping the Sabbath, when God writes his laws in our hearts and our minds, when we let him take out our hearts of stone, when we let him take out of us our own works and our own abilities and our own attempts at trying to keep his ways and surrender all to him, and he places it inside us. And he lives inside us through his Holy Spirit and he gives us the ability to keep the Sabbath and all the other laws with joy and rejoicing. That is then when it is a sign 
that he has sanctified us. When we say to everyone else, I'm sorry, I can't spend time with you right now, I'm spending time with God. All the other offers to our boss and to jobs, and I'm sorry, I've got a date with God. It's a sign that we are his. A sign that we believe he's created us and that he's recreating us. It's a sign that we believe in his power and his love for us. A sign that we accept his forgiveness through the Messiah and that we accept his power to transform us and change us. And that we can rest in his forgiveness and rest in his love, freed from the guilt, freed from the cares of this world, free from worrying about the future, how we're going to provide for ourselves, we're trusting in Him. God's laws provided for us. God's Sabbath provided for us. His gift to us. I mean, could you imagine if, if let's say your boss came up to you, your employer came up to you and said, you know, you've working here this many years. This is the anniversary of this many years. And you know, in the, in the handbook, it says that when you reach this many years, you get another week off paid. And so now you can have that extra week off paid. And we say, no, 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 I don't want it. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to be faithful to the company. I'm going to keep working. My job is to work. Who would do that? That'd be crazy. Now you might say, well, but uh, the 52 Sabbaths that God says, he doesn't say it come with pay. <laughs> I talked to my boss about it. He said, well, you're not going to get paid for those days. So you say, well, my boss doesn't give me the Sabbaths with pay. Well, that all depends on who your boss is. If your boss is some human, or if your employer is some company or some corporation, then yeah, you might not get paid. But if your boss is the Lord God of heaven and earth, who's promised to meet all your needs according to his riches in glory, and who will provide for you, and who knows the end from the beginning, and who cares for you much more than any corporation certainly does, or any human certainly does, then he will take care and make sure that our needs are met into the future as well. So I'm going to make a few appeals tonight, I think six if I remember them all. When I'm done with them, if any one of them apply to you, I'll invite you to stand, symbolically saying to God, yes, I want that in my life. I'm not going to ask you which one applies to you. We'll stand at the end together to those that it applies to, any of them apply to. If they don't apply, then don't stand. So first, if you've been observing God's Shabbat, if you've been observing God's Sabbath, but God's been bringing to your mind, whether tonight or maybe in the past, and maybe there's activities that he wants you to be doing on the Sabbath. Maybe he's wanting you to minister on the Sabbath. Maybe he's wanting there's people that he wants you to visit. I mean, there's people he wants you to be calling or contacting. 
Maybe there's some ministry that he has for you that he wants to do on the Sabbath as part of his doing good unto others and being a blessing on the Sabbath. Some ministry, some calling, maybe to write someone, maybe to call someone, maybe to visit someone. Maybe take on a hospital ministry or visiting people that are, can't get out of the house anymore. And if that's when God's been convicting you, then in a moment when we pray, ask God to give you the power to do it and walk out in that way and to make the Sabbath holy in that way. Secondly, if you've been observing God's Shabbat and God's been convicting you that you've been too busy on the Sabbath, you've got too much going on on the Sabbath, and he wants you to rest more in his Sabbath, maybe to spend more time in prayer, maybe more time reading his word, Maybe more time in reading a devotional book or in meditation. Going for a walk out in nature and just communing with him. Then in a moment when we pray, I'll invite you to indicate that to the Lord. Thirdly, if you've been observing the Sabbath and the Lord is convicting you, you haven't been keeping it as holy as he wants. Maybe you've been observing it, but maybe your manservant and maidservant haven't been. Maybe you've been going to the restaurant or going to the store. Maybe you're not working yourself, but you're asking other people to work for you. And you want to follow the full commandment. And you rest on his Sabbath day as well as your manservant, your maidservant, and those around you. Fourth, if you used to keep the Sabbath holy, used to have, rejoice in it, used to be a joy to you, used to spend time in prayer, time with your family, time ministering various different weeks of the year, but you've gotten away from it, maybe pressures in your life, maybe financial fears, and maybe you've gone back to work, desecrating his Sabbath. Or maybe you're still not working on the Sabbath, but you're not rejoicing in it anymore. It's not a joy anymore. Maybe you see it more as a drudgery and you lost your first love in the Lord. And you're just going through the motion, but not the spiritual experience. Maybe it's you doing it and not the Lord sanctifying you anymore. Then in a moment when we pray... I invite you to stand and re-surrender to God and let God work in you and God to sanctify you again and to make the Sabbath holy in your life again. Fifth, if you've never kept the Sabbath holy and you're convicted tonight that God's calling you as his child to enter into rest with him, to enter into covenant with him, to have his sign upon you between you and him, that he is your Lord, that he is your God, and that he is sanctifying you. I'll invite you to surrender that to him and let him work in you, and let him start in you. And for God to go before you, if you need to make some changes in your life, if you need to tell some boss or tell someone that a change is taking place, may God go before you, and I can help you with that. The angels will help you much more, and God will help you much more, but I can write a letter to your boss if necessary. And then sixth, 
if you're not ready to keep the Sabbath yet, but you're still thinking about this. You want some more information. You want to see some more scriptures. You're willing to pray about it, study it some more, and meet with me about it. Then when we pray, I invite you to ask the Lord to lead you, for the Lord to go before you, not my words, but God's word, for God to guide, not your will, but his will to be done as you move forward in this area of your life. So I'll review them again in any area that applies to you. I'll invite you to stand after I'm done reviewing it. One, you've been keeping the Sabbath. God's convicting you that he wants you to be active in ministry on his Sabbath. Maybe not every week, but sometimes. Two, maybe there's, you've been too active. God's asking you to rest and attend services regularly. Maybe you've been finding things to do instead of attending services with him or, or prayer time with him. Three, if you've been keeping the Sabbath but not keeping it fully holy and want everybody to enter into the Sabbath with you. Fourth, you used to and, and haven't been, and you want to enter into that joy of the Lord and enter into that Sabbath again. Or you never have and you want to start now. Or you want to pray about it some more and study it some more. And are willing with an open heart to let God talk to you. If any of those areas apply for you, but maybe again, maybe you're okay with the Sabbath, maybe God's not convicting you in any area, you're keeping the Sabbath, you're rejoicing in it, and you don't need to stand, then don't stand. Or maybe you're still just, I'm not keeping this, I don't want it. Then don't stand. But if any of those six areas apply to you, I'll invite you to stand as we pray together. It's an indication to heaven and of your willingness to let God work in your life in this area of your life. You'll stand together with me if that applies to you. Our Lord and our God, ruler of the universe, we praise your name for standing by us, for coming down to this earth, taking on flesh, and demonstrating in your life holiness and dedication to, you, to the Heavenly Father. Thank you for your love for us and creating us. Thank you for your love for us and wanting to spend time with us, dedicated time. Thank you for giving us the most precious gift. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving us for all the times we've rejected your gift of the Sabbath, when we've rejected your gift of love, when we've rejected the time that you want to spend with us, when we've turned our back on you. Thank you for forgiving us and we accept the blood of Messiah to cleanse us of all that. Thank you that you still want to spend time with us. Write your laws in our hearts and our minds. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and live in us and out of us. And may we rejoice in the Sabbath. And place your sign upon us. And live in us and through us. And may the world see that you are our God. And that you are sanctifying us. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.